Welcome to the Occupy Freedom Podcast, where we're diving deep into all things kingdom. Your life is not a mistake. You were created for this moment in history to advance the kingdom and govern the earth from a heavenly perspective. Let's join our hosts, Justin and Rihanna Arfston. Well, hello guys. How's it going? Welcome to another episode of the Occupy Freedom yes. Podcast. Hallelujah. We are excited to dive into um, a new topic. Uh, in fact, mm-hmm. this one is going to be a two-parter, so we're going to um, kind of break. It's a, it's a, there's a lot of content, so we're going to break it into to two separate podcasts. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, buckle up for for that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we're, are the, we Thelma and Louising this <laughs> off of a well, Grand hopefully. Canyon? Or we'll what's find out when here? we're done. <laughs> uh, so this one we're <clears throat> it's going to be titled. Um, it's all about identity, and so this one we're kind of titling the last Adam. So we're going to yes. create some uh, some groundwork here uh, on the first one, and then uh, follow up on the on the second one. Amen. Yeah, identity is a funny thing. Um, I think it's such an important topic. It's been talked about. A ton in this last like decade, I believe, in the church, and uh, so lots of people have a lot of great things to say about identity. We're certainly not going to be exhaustive in all of the details of identity, but just kind of giving it, laying that foundation work from our perspective, so that it can set up for the rest of the upcoming topics we want to talk about. Otherwise, our first year in the podcast would just be about identity, because <laughs> right? there's actually enough content, honestly, <laughs> to go yeah. go through that. It reminds me, remember years ago we were going to this church. And uh, this uh, visiting pastor came in and said he was he was at a different church and they spent what was it like three years in the Book of James? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so they were like, okay, can we do something other I than think James? It's time to move on. <laughs> yeah. So we're we're gonna give you as much of our own perspective as we can, um, digging through the word. But yeah, just just know that there's always more you can dig into. But identity is a funny thing. Um, I grew up in Minnesota. And though I tend to let out my ghetto side randomly, which you will (laughs) discern on this podcast sooner or later, um, I have a pretty prevalent northern accent. So if you're listening to this podcast from anywhere other than the north northern Midwest, you are definitely hearing me (laughs) accentuate my O's and my A's and whatnot. Um, But when we take family trips down south people immediately know where we're from because we're out in public. And if I'm hollering at my children, it's undeniable that my Minnesotan accent is coming out, right? <laughs> and you're hollering and so, <laughs> at your children. <laughs> I know Just people can real. relate to that. <laughs> and so when I am, you know, out down south, it, there's no mistaking that I'm from up north. Like, I can identify being a northern Midwesterner, right? It's actually funny because I posted a meme on Instagram about like over Christmas time and it was titled learn Minnesotan before the holidays. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm totally fluent in this language. And so um, the first uh, piece of language was when you say no, yeah, no, yeah, it means yes. And I'm like, I totally say that. No, yeah, no, yeah. Like, well, do you mean no or yeah? (laughs) And then the second one is yeah, no, yeah, no. And uh, that means no. And the the next one was, yeah, no, for sure. That actually means definitely. <laughs> the next one says, when you say, yeah, no, yeah, that actually means, I'm sorry, unfortunately, the answer is yes. 
And the last one is no, yeah, no, which is the one I actually use quite often to say, oh, no, you've got nothing to worry about. (laughs) No, yeah, no. And it's so funny because when I'm out in public, I hear myself saying this. And no matter where I go, my roots definitely show that I am um, identifiable as a Midwesterner. Um, But this is also true for our spiritual roots of identity, right? There should be no mistaking which kingdom we belong to when we go places. Our roots should show. Our identity is what really should come through in the kingdom. Yeah, for sure. Uh, If we're talking about identity in 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 a kingdom sense, in our spirit, why is it important to understand your identity? We've, we talk about it so often, but why is it important? Yeah, I mean, that's a huge question. I mean, that's a, that's a lot to yeah, unpack yeah, just in that simple question. But, um, you know, I think when we know who we are, life starts making sense. Yeah. You know, there's just so many people, I mean, uh, that you just come across throughout our life that's they just struggle with identity. They're like, why am I here? What is the purpose of life? I mean, it creates all of these questions. But when we know who we are, we understand our identity, life starts making sense. We yeah. stop worrying about you know, things like, are we enough? Are we enough for ourselves? Are we enough for God? Are we enough for others? Like Those questions mm-hmm. start mm-hmm. just kind of going away. Mm-hmm. We stop being hung up on, on approval of others. Right. Trying to seek approval from God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all, all these things that we that, that people you know struggle with, and and honestly, I think what it what it really brings is it brings a sense of peacefulness. Mm-hmm. When, mm-hmm. when I started understanding my identity in Christ, who I truly was, yeah. it was just this level of peace that came over. It removed striving. It removed so many of things that I was just you know honestly mm-hmm. just circling mm-hmm. and cycling and struggling with. Yeah, that's so good. Like rest, the concept of resting in who you are. And we're going to find that who you are is hidden in who he is. And so, yeah, that's so powerful. So let's do it. (laughs) All right, well, let's just jump right into it then. Our first point that we're going to talk about here is the question, who are you? Well, there's a quote by Ralph Ellison, who was an author of a great novel um, entitled Invisible Man. Mm -hmm. And the quote goes like this. He says, when I discover who I am, then I'll be free. When I discover who I am, then I'll be free. Mm -hmm. And I love this quote. Now, while his novel specifically deals with um, social, racial, and political issues of that time. You know, the whole novel is dealing with that physical aspect of how identity relates to freedom, um, which is also very important. Um, Ralph Ellison's quote here, though, sums up truth. That's not just physical, right? It's also a spiritual truth. When you know who you are, then you're free. Truly when you understand free. the truth of your identity in Christ, we discover and find freedom. Right. So who are you? That's the question. Who are you? This is probably one of the most important questions that you'll ever be asked and have to like give a response to. Right. Right. And when people ask that question, I remember for years, you know, people would say, you know, ask that question. And, And the first thing that would come to my mind is, is 
you know, maybe my function in the earth currently or my assignments mm-hmm. currently in the earth. So mm-hmm. I would say, well, hey, I'm this profession or I'm a dad or I'm a husband or I'm, sure. you know, when I was, you know, younger, I played basketball. So I'm like, oh, I'm a basketball player, like yeah. all, all of these different things. And but realistically, those are just things we do. Mm-hmm. That is not mm-hmm. who we are. Mm-hmm. And the challenge with identifying with things that we do is that when that season changes for us. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, part of part of my story is I had one career for the first uh, basically twelve years of my adulthood. I was I was in technology. I was an IT guy, and honestly, I identified a fair amount with that um, yeah, during a lot it. of those spaces. Yeah, yeah, and so. Um, that happened. And then God shifted me to a different uh, career, which is maybe a whole nother podcast that <laughs> I'll do at some point, that journey, but shifted me to a different career. And part of my struggle in that new season was, well, if I'm not this IT guy, mm-hmm. then who am I? And and it was a it was a challenge. It was a struggle because yeah. I was placing some of my identity in what I did, not of who I actually truly am in Christ. Yeah. And we I see that time and time and time again when seasons shift and seasons change that people people are really struggle because they're like, well if I'm not this then who am I? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, we talk about the empty nest syndrome. <clears throat> you know, and so I see you know a lot of parents struggle with, well the kids are out of the house now mm-hmm. and now I don't know who I am. That's I don't know. Me. That's me. <laughs> okay, so I'm turning 40 in a few weeks and Truth be told, I did have, I did cry myself to sleep just a few nights ago because I think about these uh-huh. things, right? I'm a homeschooler and we have four kids. Our oldest is 22. Our youngest is going to be 12 in July. And I have given my entire life to raise these kids and to love on them, to encourage them, to guide uh-huh. them in life, to educate them um, imperfectly, albeit, but... And so now that I'm turning 40, they're all getting older. (laughs) Evelyn just got accepted into college for PSEO the next two years. Matthew is, uh, had just had an interview for his very first job. Our oldest daughter, Maya, just got married in September. And it is, it's like, whoa, I'm, I'm entering this new season of identity in the sense of the natural Right. But I have to decide whether or not that's where I'm going to anchor my true worth and right. value and identity in right. being a mom. Imagine what, I mean, that's not going to be easy. You know, those yeah. those are sweet seasons that we want to cherish and, and things. But imagine if you anchored your whole self-worth mm-hmm. in the fact that you were a mom, of, you were a homeschooling mom. Like yeah. everything right. you are, that's right. your whole self-worth. And now when that, season, when that season shifts and changes... Yeah. Yeah. Then, then you're you're absolutely lost. Yeah, and, and it's very tempting to do that because we are physical beings here in the earth, mm-hmm. right? So if I find my true identity as a parent, then when my kids fail or fall mm. or things happen, then all of a sudden I perceive my internal value and worth as not only a bad parent, but also maybe I failed along with them. Instead of recognizing that my identity is rooted in Christ and he is actually the savior of their life, not me. I'm their steward, but not their savior. And same with your career. If you find your value (laughs) in the career, then if you lose your job or things aren't going well at work or things are stressful, you're internalizing that as a personal identity issue. Mm -hmm. And that is the problem with anchoring. Whatever we anchor our identity in, 
will ultimately have the power to create or destroy our hope, peace, and confidence. So if we're anchoring it in something that is fickle and falling away, infallible in the earth, then we are subject to the roller coaster effect of the right. ups and downs of all those things. Right. And that was that was me. I remember you you remember this. My my first job out of college, I was there for, you know, three, four years, something like that. And and it just wasn't the right fit for me anymore. It just wasn't going well. I wasn't mm-hmm. thriving in that space anymore. And I started having some serious um, confidence issues Mm -hmm. because that wasn't going well. And I, at that season of my life, I was, my identity was wrapped up in what I did. That wasn't going well. So I remember like thinking, well, I don't, I don't think that this space is right for me or this particular company. So I started like putting my resume out there and doing some job searching and things like that. And I was at such a space, such a spot that I, I was like, I'm not even qualified for the job that I currently have mm. because I was. It wasn't going well. It was a right. weird. It was a weird thing right. that was that right. was happening. But it's, it was all because I was tying my identity up, yeah. my self worth, all of those things up, and basically how my job was going. Not even just right. you know what my profession was, but really sure. it was how my job was going. What a roller coaster. Right. Yeah. How much value you were adding in a natural sense was, yeah, good. So, you know, if we look at that question, who am I? It's an important question. Everybody asks it. Everybody has to ask it and give answer to it because it is what decides the trajectory of your life when you decide those things. So if we understand in this conversation that our identity cannot be anchored in what we do or do not have, what we do or do not do, mm-hmm. or what other people say or think about who we are, then we have to ask the question, what is the foundation of our true identity? I am so glad you asked. <laughs> so to answer your question, it kind of brings us to our next point, which is, we were made in his image. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Genesis 127, uh, it says, God created man in his own image. Mm-hmm. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Mm-hmm. So um, our core identity is reflected by the image of God. Yeah, amen. It, it's interesting you, you use the word reflection or reflected. Um, I was tweezing my eyebrows the other day in one of my in my mirror. You know, I don't know if anybody listening to this has one of those mirrors that's like a ten thousand times, times magnification. I feel like the older I get, the more I really hate looking into that mirror because it is awfully revealing in all of the wrong ways. And I know many ladies who, or even men, if you have a mirror like this, you're like, mm-hmm, I know what you're saying, <clears throat> but. Of course, I can't tweeze my eyebrows just superficially, right? I got to sit and think about deep things because it's just, <laughs> it's just a part of who I am. Welcome to our life. Every conversation with ends with, well, that'll preach. There, there's a <laughs> message in this right here. Um, so I'm tweezing my eyebrows and I'm thinking, what if there was no such thing as a reflection? Like, what if we wandered this earth and walked this earth and there was no such thing as a reflection in water or mirrors or any of those things? There was no way for us to actually see the details of what we looked like. We could only rely upon how other people described who we are or we told us. a bunch us of people with an amazing unibrow. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, you look great, girl. You look great. He's got like a snaggle tooth and like a third eye. And, you know, but... 
But what if we had to rely on how other people described who we are? So a ref- if you think of a reflection, a reflection is a powerful thing because it reveals and confirms truth and a perspective. It reveals sometimes to an unflattering magnification like my mirror, <laughs> the details of who we are physically, but also think about this spiritually, that Christ is that mirror. He is that reflection for our spirit. He came to give us a reflection of the Father. So he sort of bridged this mm-hmm. gap between, hey, I want to show you who you are. And I'm also showing you who God is, God the Father yeah. is, because they're one and the same. You're reflected in so his good. image. So he came to show us not only the one, but the other. And we kind of became the bridge between those things. The greatest key to understanding who you are is to know who he is. Because every bit of who you are is found in him. So good. Yeah, so if you look at Genesis 1.27, just like you said, I'm a linguistics nerd, so I'm going to break this down for you just real real quickly. I promise I won't bore you to death. Hopefully you don't fall asleep while you're listening to this because I find this super fascinating. Um, in the Hebrew, the word image is the word selem, and it means to shade something. Or a synonym could be a phantom, an illusion, um, a shadow, a resemblance, a representation or a representative figure. Okay, so when we are created in the image of God, this just blows my mind because the implications of this are that we represent God himself. Mm. We are representative. We are almost like it's, it's again, a synonym would be illusion or resemblance. So when creation looks at us, the author Dutch Sheets has a book um, called Intercessory Prayer, and he sort of breaks this down really deep if you love this kind of stuff. But... He, he says, literally, creation would look at us and take a double take because they see Christ in us, so as Colossians says, Christ in us, the hope of glory. So being made in his image is that we're literally representing Christ in the earth, which comes with identity, authority, inheritance, right? So as we are adopted into that image or created into that image... We are a representative of who God is. And even creation identifies that in us. Right. Imagine, imagine, like, really think about that for a, for a moment of, uh, I know this maybe sounds weird, but let's say that, let's say you're a dog, right? And you look mm-hmm. at us as humans and, like, I love that double take. It's like, wait a second. Is that God the creator of all, uh, of yeah. all humanity, of everything? <laughs> or, or is, is that... Right. You know, is that my owner? Like they, they actually like right. what a what an interesting mm-hmm. way. Like we are we are that close of a, uh, right. a like duplication replication right. of Christ. God has so embedded Himself in who we are that all creation actually recognizes that in us. And so, really, our journey is all about <clears throat> recognizing it in ourselves, right? That we are not God. But we are such a representative of him that there's no difference between us two. There's no separation between. We are one in spirit with Christ. We are in the image of God, our creator. Uh, right. But but it doesn't end there. Right. There's more. There's more. So um, along with our identity also comes with authority mm-hmm. and inheritance mm-hmm. um, that, that, the, that the Lord has. So... Um, in, in Genesis 128, so I read 127 earlier, so 128, yeah. it says, God blessed them. So right after that, God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. 
rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky over every living thing that moves on the earth. Yeah, so we see authority and inheritance along with the identity right in right. there. Right. Multiplication. Two, I mean, think about that. That's two <laughs> verses out of the entire Bible that like basically sums it all up. Right. Right? I right. mean, that's the, that's like yeah. a huge foundational yeah. piece right there. Yeah. So it's interesting then, but what about the effects of the fall? Because we understand that the original design of our identity is in the image of God, encompassing the representation of of his nature, his authority, his inheritance. He gave it to us and said, here, I'm going to, I'm going to be we're going to be one in the same and you're going to rule over the earth on my behalf. But then there's the fall. So what about the effects of the fall? Yeah. So it was really one act of disobedience, right? When, mm-hmm. when Adam and Eve ate that apple that they, that the, the Lord told <laughs> the them not apple. to. <laughs> That's such a good uh, Sunday school response, honey. It's the little apple that they show you on the, <laughs> on the poster. I'm, I'm channeling my inner catechism. I love it. <laughs> Your mom will be so proud of you. <laughs> Shout out to mom. Uh, <laughs> um, but for for then thousands of years, because of that act of disobedience, mm. uh, authority was stripped from us. It yeah. it kept us distance from the Father. Um, it you know we we experienced sickness and disease, pain, loss, suffering, mm-hmm. all of these uh, all of these things of a fallen world. That we experience for so many years. Yeah, yeah. But wait, there's more. (laughs) You're listening to the Occupy Freedom Podcast, diving deep into all things kingdom. We're so glad you're here. Connect with us deeper at Occupy-Freedom.com. Now back to the show with Justin and Rihanna. All right, so that just sort of brings us into our last point or our last kind of point that we want to make, which is that, yes, the fall sort of stripped some stripped things, the original design away from us. And, um, you know, Adam is called the first Adam, Mm -hmm. but then we have the last Adam. So but wait, there's more. The story's not over because restoration comes through the last Adam, Jesus Christ. So in uh, just a couple scripture here. So 1 Corinthians 15, 21 through 22 says, For since by a man came death, by a man also came the resurrection of death. For as in Adam all die, but also in Christ all will be made alive. So again, that first and second Adam. Mm-hmm. Uh 1 Corinthians 15, 45. So also it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam became the life-giving spirit. There we go. So that's going to tee us up for part two of this, which we're going to dive into Mm -hmm. spirit, soul, and body and the difference between spirit and soul. But this sort of highlights that, right? The first man, Adam became a living soul and the flesh comes first. The last Adam Christ became a life-giving spirit and he sort of quickened our spirit back from the dead. So in the TPT, the Passion Translation, it actually has a couple really good notes on this. I want to read this. It says, the last Adam is Jesus Christ. As the last Adam, he ended Adam's race 
and began a new species of humans who are indwelt by the Holy Spirit and carry the life of Christ within them. So in God's eyes, there are only two men, Adam and Christ, right? right. These are the two men that you're going to fall under, the one or the other. Every human being is a copy of one or the other. So to be in Adam is to be lost and merely human. We understand that. But to be in Christ is to be wrapped into the anointed one as one who carries the life of Christ within. That's so powerful to think about when you're looking at your identity. You really have one of two options. You know, the culture tries to tell us that we have all these options to identify Mm. with. Oh, I want to be a tree today. I want to be this today. I want to be that today. (laughs) How are you going to identify? Whatever the latest identity, you know, how are we going to identify today? Feels like that should be another podcast as well. (laughs) Right? Because it's mass confusion. It is like this identity crisis of a DIY. You just decide who you are. But in reality, there are two ways to look at it. You're either in the first Adam or the last Adam. You're either outside of Christ or you're in Christ. And you will operate and show fruit in your life um, based on one of those two ways. Because all that died in the fall of Adam are now restored in the life of Christ. So your right. identity in the image of God is, is a primary part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Second Peter 1.4. It says, we are no longer partakers in the sin nature, mm-hmm. but now partakers in the divine nature according to uh the word yeah i I love that that um you know i've heard over the years this idea of sin nature because we were fallen and all of these things and and people struggle with this idea of sin nature and we you know Mm -hmm. uh, all of those but but realistically we are no longer a part of that that is that is the that is the first adam and that's you know, that's dead to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've heard mm-hmm. that they're like, you're dead. Mm-hmm. It's dead to us. You're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we are now... <laughs> Seriously, part- that's what we should be telling ourselves <laughs> right? every time sin wants to kind of there you go. Up, like, yeah, dead you're to dead me. to me. <laughs> well, what did, what did Jesus say? Right? To Peter, devil, get, get thee behind. behind right? That's right. Um, but we're, we're now uh, partakers in the divine yeah. nature. Yeah. I just love yeah. that. And it's so good to note that it doesn't mean sin is not lurking. It doesn't mean that we don't each have temptations. It doesn't mean that we're not going to fall or fail at times because we're not going to be perfect. It just means that we are no longer a slave to the sin. We're no longer sin conscious, quote unquote. We're God conscious now because of who we carry in us and the fact that our identity is restored to that last Adam, into our original design for fruitfulness, for authority, for inheritance, for multiplication, for all of those things. Sin should not be the norm. It should not be the pattern, right? Peter says, if you're still sinning, then you're not in God. You're not a lover of God. If you're just going to continue to practice that space and say, over and over and over Oh, I'm just a sorry sinner and I'm a poor sinner just roaming the earth. That's actually not accurate in the reinstatement of your true identity. That should be... Um, an exception to the rule of who you are. Now, it doesn't mean it's not going to happen because we are not perfect. And we have to believe that we are capable of anything, anytime, because we are in our human condition. Um, But because we live in a heavenly place, we govern that space and are able to have, you know, victory over sin and death. Absolutely. And I'm excited about our, our part two of this, where we're going to really kind of dive into that a little bit more and really, really get practical on some of those things. So, um, I just want to kind of summarize our points today. Mm -hmm. And so first, um, number one is, um, we are not rooted in what we do. 
mm-hmm. or what we have. Um, we we are rooted in in what God says about us, who God yeah. has created us to be. Yeah. Um, number two, that our core identity again is found in the image of God. That's who, that's that's how we were created. That's that's mm-hmm. who He is, which means that's who we are. Mm-hmm. And then understanding that the um, point number three was the last Adam um, is really uh, how we operate the, the the space in which we operate out of. Uh, and that's Jesus, not the first Adam right. uh, of the fall. Right. Yeah. So we're no longer bound by the limitations of sin. Right. Right. So it comes down to you have a choice. Are you going to identify with the soul or the spirit? Right. The flesh or the spirit? And we're going to dig further into that in part two. Um, but for some more I. Uh, ideas and tools to apply, we're just going to encourage you to head over to our website at uh, www.occupy-freedom.com. We'll have an article up on the blog that will have a little bit more um, information on what we're talking about and also just some um, ideas on tools that you can use to apply. We have the identity sheet on our under our toolbox, also the who am I, the confessions to kind of confess your identity um, under the toolbox as well. So, so good. Um, we just wanted to use this part to kind of dig some foundation for the identity. And so we're going to pray and then move on to part two whenever you have a minute to listen to part two. So Father, we just thank you so much that... Um, that our identity is not rooted in what we do. We thank you, Father, that we do not have to have certain things in life or say or do certain things in life or get approval from people in order to have a valid identity. We thank you, Father, that our identity is not rooted in what we do, the roles that we steward. We thank you, Father, that our identity is not built into the fickle systems of this world. We thank you, Lord, that we belong to a different world, that we are ambassadors from a kingdom that is not of this place. And so, Lord, we just thank you right now for a revelation of core identity for anybody listening to this podcast right now. Father, we pray for open ears to hear, for eyes to see, and hearts to understand that their core identity is found in your image, in your nature. And to know Jesus is to know who they are because they represent him and him alone. So we thank you, Lord, that you would drive us deeper into the word of God to know Christ, to know his nature, to know the nature that he is reflecting of you, and to be able to pick up that nature as our own. Father, we thank you for this last Adam. We thank you for Christ that came to reinstate the original design of our identity in him so that we can now be a partaker of a divine nature, not the sin nature any longer. We thank you that we are free. We are no longer bound by the limitations of sin. And so we break off any chain right now from anybody listening to this podcast that would be bound by sin, by shame, by darkness, because their identity is surrendered to the one who rules over it all. And God, we just thank you right now today that you would drive this further into our hearts. Lord, we pray that you would help people ask the right questions of you and drive deeper into prayer to connect with you, to know who you are and to know who they are in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on the Occupy Freedom Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, www.occupy-freedom.com and subscribe so you'll never miss a show or an update. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate you sharing it with your friends and giving us a rating on your preferred podcast platform. 
For further resources, check out Rihanna's best-selling book, Polished and Concealed, on Amazon.com. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Occupy Freedom Podcast.